Pressing. It was a test of skills, buying the best of SWOs, ripping through a chest of frills, revealing a festival of bills, digest the protest, I'll just invest in a flexible treadmill, here we go, wish me luck, I've been through hell and I give no fucks, opportunities knocking but the door sealed shut, listen stay calm, this is a sticker, put the money in the bag and no one gets cut, full dash to the exit and the door is stuck. I slump to the floor, red-blue lights galore. A life with a felony in store, nothing more. There's always a bright side, no matter how hard it gets. Unshackle my fears, unravel the regrets. At least I live another day, I'll make another bet. My health is a keepsake, my future hasn't been written yet. When it's coming out roses in this game of luck. Unless I check out, there is no bankrupt. My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. The reason why my eyes are red. I've been My name's Tim. You might know me from AetherCast. I asked God for a bike. I know he doesn't work that way. So I stole a bike and asked for forgiveness. And joining me from Cast from Exile, who do we have? Howdy, homies. Sid Swami. And I'll be your God now. And a man responsible for the arrest of 17 McDonald's employees who were feeding the homeless, John Holland! <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. And uh, they were feeding illegal immigrant homeless people, so we got them deported too. And this guy has a YouTube channel called 30 Different Braids for the Modern Wookiee, Jason Roscoe. What's up, fuckers? Mr. Roscoe here, driving myself closer and closer to liver failure, strictly for your listening pleasure. Dude, speaking of liver failure and Wookiees, I tried this beer earlier this week called Blue Mountain. Wookiees don't die. Dark IPA. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Dude, you got to get on some of that shit. I, I got a growler fill at the local liquor store, man. And it, it's epic, dude. It's so good. It's called Blue Mountain? It's called Wookiees Don't Die. And the uh, brewery is called Blue Mountain. It's like Star Wars in a glass. It's amazing. Nice. How the fuck do they just get away like with that? I don't think they can trademark Wookiee, right? 
Of course they can. You can trademark anything, bro. So it's a dark ale, like a, like a like a nut brown or something. Mm, no, it's an IPA, but it's like a dark IPA, and it's got like some delicious space fruit flavors. So so it's not like a Chewbacca Wookie in a bottle. It's like one of those fucked up holiday special Wookies that's darker. <laughs> it's more like an Ewok. It's like an Ewok in a bottle. Fucking pedo. <laughs> So, guys, into magic. Jason, you said there were some, some announcements. Yeah, that came up yeah. Recently. I guess uh, since the last time we recorded, they announced some stuff. I guess they're making a few changes here and there. Nothing major, I don't think, right? Changing yeah. to the set sizes. And they're bringing corsets back, which is pretty cool, man. Yeah, I, I, like I definitely agree like, with that. Like the things that you uh, tie up in the back of your lady back in the 1800s. Right. Wait, what? <laughs> So, yeah, they're first of all, they're making all sets large sets now. They're doing away with the small sets because after years of trying to solve the problem, why do small sets not sell as well? Don't people don't draft them as much. They just said, fuck it. We're just shit canning the whole thing. And now we're going all large sets. And the summer set is going to be a core set. So if every set's going to be a large set now, that means that whenever you draft, you're just going to draft one type of pack. Um, right. Yeah. There's no mixed drafts. Never gonna, uh, okay. Well, that, that's kind of cool. They're not doing two set blocks at all. It's just one set. Pretty I, much. I think they're well, not, they're not, they're not going to stick to anything like that. If, if one block is enough to tell their story, then they're just going to do one block. If they need more than one, I think they'll keep it going. I kind of like that. They're bringing back the core sets. Amen. I didn't really like them drafting them that much but when i first started i bought boxes of the core set it had a lot of cards you needed it had powerful planeswalkers and, and stuff like that and yeah and it's always been a great way to reprint cards get them back into circulation without having to work it into a storyline yeah and probably the best part about this is that whenever they paint themselves into a corner like they've currently done cough cough i mean you can yeah. just if they just reprinted pithing needle in a core set it would have solved half of the problems with kaladesh yeah, no shit. Jesus. Do they just always print a catch-all card like Pithing Needle? I mean, they kind of have to have a format where other cards can can thrive, where they have different answers. Well, I, you know, you look back traditionally, like I think M14 was probably the strongest core set uh, for that run while they were doing it. And I don't necessarily think it's about uh, shutting decks down kind of like the ban list does, which is their only option, but it's about not making one deck all powerful. Like if you printed Pithing Needle, I don't think it actually prevents people from run running Aetherworks Marvel. It just is something they have to deal with now. That makes sense. Um, are you guys happy about the ban of Marvel? I mean, there's a lot of powerful cards coming out in this set. I mean, I haven't been playing standard at all in the last year and a half. However, I've heard that those decks have been pretty degenerate and kind of ruling the format. So if it means a more diverse standard format, then I'm a game for sure. Well, it's like it seems now that every time a deck is good and oppressive, they're like, well, let's just ban something and see what happens. And I guess that's like a pretty cool thing because you're not going to like you're not going to run into problems like, you know, Necro Winter anymore if people are just more apt or if Watsi is more apt to ban cards from standard. I can think of some cards that maybe should have been banned in standard like years ago, like Thrag Tusk or like Snapcaster Mage. 
Yeah, and I think them banning cards so often, it really ruins people's faith in standard. They don't want to invest in a deck. Like this time, usually when during the set review, people are uh, hyping about decks they want to build. They're, they're like already kind of making up deck lists. Right now, people aren't doing that. They just don't really give a fuck about standard. And it's like, how do they get them back? I think part of the big problem, at least in this standard, is that somehow they deluded themselves into thinking, oh, Kaladesh... We're going to say that it's not an affinity set, yet it plays like an affinity set, and we're not going to put any answers in it like if we actually were running affinity or anything like that. They just some somehow kind of like just miscalculated that people would find and play these broken decks. So I don't even think it's so much the banning that's the problem. It's just like the whole process of how they got themselves into this place. Yeah, I'm, I seriously hope some motherfuckers lost their jobs on the development team because these last few sets have just been goddamn ridiculous hey i I just want to butt in real quick about that and one of the things and we've talked about it before that really annoys me about the way they do business is there seems like there's zero accountability out there you know we we have this like what almost four years of just straight up turmoil with standard and all we get is well here's another answer here's another answer here's another answer and i'm not saying like i want names of people that are fired but i just like want something that shows accountability instead of oh well market research says and blah 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 I do. I want names and I want pictures of these people living on the fucking streets after the fact. Standards always been shit, dude. Like, and oh, I, I mean, disagree. Accountability is only going to go so far. Okay, dude, there's always been some fucking shitty card that ruined standard. Like before Marvel or Smuggler's Copter, you had Collected Company. And before that, you had fucking Grey Merchant of Asphodel. And before that, like it, it just goes back ad nauseum. There's no time when standard was really fun, and like I think there the, was that one deck that oppressed everything. Hold on, I think before Collected Company really became a thing, when Cons was still in standard, uh, I thought we had a fantastic standard, very diverse, a ton of good decks that all could be considered tier one, and then that whole Collected Company bullshit started, and that kind of ruined everything. But before that, I thought it was a really good format. Was yeah. that after Gray Merchant, the Gray Merchant deck it, yeah, wasn't it was, around it was, anymore? Yeah, it was after Gray Merchant, but before that block actually rotated out, when Cons came out, we had all these three-colored decks, and it was fucking great. Everything but Teamer was actually good. Oh, yeah, like with uh, Abzan and shit like yeah. that. And um, and Siege Rhino, yeah. Jeskai had like a pretty good... Yeah. tokens deck they had like the uh, just guy ascendancy deck there was a lot of cool options i'll say that return to ravnica standard was pretty decent because there was a lot of diversity out there um you kind of still had some stuff hanging out from m13 and avison restored but it was it was a pretty decent time there was a lot of diversity in the format and that probably lasted uh right up until gray merchant hit yeah nah man it was like all either fucking jund or uh reanimator I remember playing standard then. That shit sucked. It, oh, there was it was lame as fuck. It was, was just Thrag Tusk and Restoration Angel, as far as I can. No, no, see. no, no, no. There, there was Boros Reckoner. There was, uh, you know, there were Boros decks out there. There was a Mill deck that was kind of sorted out there. None of those decks were good though. They just lost to fucking Restoration Angel, Thrag Tusk. Like that's all you had to play. Yeah, but then when Evison rotated out and it was just M13 through uh, through uh, whatever that last set was, Dragon's Maze, I mean, that was a pretty decent standard. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I think everything right up until Collective Company uh, was pretty good. Even after that, uh, once Collective Company went away, there was there was you know delirium spirits uh, vehicles. There was kind of a play where three different decks were working for for you know the top spot, and I I liked that standard. But then once uh, they banned Amrakul, then delirium fell off, and then it was basically just two decks. I think they should have left delirium in there. They should have left everyone have their toys. You know, and fuck it. I think it's stupid they, they try to fuck around with it too much because people invest all this money and then their deck just goes to shit. I fucking hate that. Well, that's what people get for investing so much money in a fucking card game. That's so stupid. Like, if you're not going to play professionally and you're not going to fucking, like, try and be, like, a big-time grinder, don't buy a fucking Tier 1 standard deck for FNM, you stupid idiot, because your shit's probably going to get banned, and you can't afford it. You need to invest your money wisely in beer and nachos. <laughs> I think it's if it's somebody's hobby, if it's what they love to do and they want to spend their money on it, they do that. But it's like, uh, if you buy a modern deck, there's very little chance something's going to get banned in a year but there is a, something could get banned but if you buy like an older format deck you, you can just play that forever but standard it just sucks yeah modern yeah if you're going to invest in anything it's going to be modern because those cards tend to hold their value they tend to go up over time and um yeah the that format rarely changes as far as the the playable decks well, it's also about this weird dichotomy with the MTG economy. And I know that Wizard says they have no play. Modern's another one, though, where they're like, oh, it's too expensive to play modern because, oh, well, the thing that made my deck broken got banned. It's just like, why the fuck did you spend so much money on that deck, you idiot? Well, yeah, it's the people who are chasing the cards after, you know, pre-release weekend and paying double what they should be paying for them. I mean, those are the people who get burned that I don't have a lot of sympathy. And part of that is just learning and sticking around the game long enough where you understand how the economy works. Yeah, but I mean, even back when there was Mono Black, I mean, I I, I was playing like Red Green Monsters or whatever, and... Uh, I could play that deck for a full year, you know? I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, cards changing that much. But now it seems like every few weeks the decks change so fucking much, or a new deck is just, like, so broken you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, as of right now, I would still be hesitant to jump into standard just because of all the changes that have been going on. Yeah, I mean, if, unless it's something I'm just kind of brewing up with cards I've already got, then I'm, you know, I'm not going to drop 40 bucks on a card in standard right now. Yep. All right, we're agreed. Standard sucks. All right, so these cards that are spoiled, there's some some gods that are insanely good. I mean, they're a little expensive, but EDH, they're insane because they keep coming back to your hand and they have crazy abilities. Dude, these gods are the shit, man. My favorite one's the Scarab God, the uh, zombie one. He's like yeah. three, a blue and a black. And at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent, so this makes it like automatically... You're a fucking super target at your commander table. <laughs> yeah. But each opponent, uh, each opponent loses X life, and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control, right? And he's a five-five, so that's done, right? Okay, so that's all. That's all we need for this card to be pretty amazing. But wait, there's more. You can pay two a blue and a black, and there's only four mana, and you don't even have to tap them or anything. You can just do this as long as you have four mana, so you just keep doing it over and over again to exile target creature card from a graveyard and you create a token that's a copy of it except it's a four four black zombie so like you could 
exile, you know, their Snapcaster mage or whatever. It'll be a 4-4 black zombie Snapcaster, and you'll get that awesome ability when it enters the battlefield. That and you've exiled a card from their graveyard, and there are some problem um, creature cards that when they get into graveyards, they can really fuck shit up. Uh, Genesis comes to mind. Or um, even, what was the one? Anger, that gives, if it's in the graveyard, it gives all creatures haste. So this has utility as well as good usefulness. And then, of course, it has a caveat, as um, Mr. Tim described earlier, that when the Scarab God dies, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So these gods, with that ability, they kind of get around commander tax, which is... Pretty sweet, man. Uh, I'm digging these cards for Commander, for sure. Yeah, a lot of Commander love here. And also, did you guys see the, the Nicobolus that's going to be in the Planeswalker decks? Now, normally those Planeswalkers kind of suck, but he seems like he's going to be great in Commander. No, nah, I didn't see that, actually. Yeah, it's uh, same casting cost as the other one, 5 and Grixis. And he's got three ability. He starts with five loyalty, and then you plus three him. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. A minus three, destroy target creature and draw a card. And then minus 11, Nicobolus deals seven damage to each opponent, and you draw seven cards. So not nearly as good as the other one, but it, it goes great in a Grixis Commander deck. I kind of like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is one of those Planeswalker packs, so you just walk into the store, pay your 12 bucks, and you got him. Like, the plus three ability, but the minus one seems really good. Yep. Any other uh, gods that you guys liked? The, I think the the red-blue one's fucking insane. He's four red and a blue for a 4-4 four, four flying uh, god. Whenever you draw a card, create a 1-1 one, one blue and red insect uh, token with flying with haste also. So it's like, blam. And then for two, a blue and a red, draw a card, then discard a card. But this guy goes insane with cycling. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't see him getting much standard play, but again, this is another commander guy that I'm sure he's going to be a favorite. Yeah, these these three gods, they kind of seem really unbalanced. No doubt the Scarab's the best of them. Uh, the other two, maybe there's a niche, but I uh, don't see too much. All right, there was a, another one of those sorceries that was spoiled that um, doesn't let you untap your lands. They're basically the the gods' last stands as they're getting killed by by Nicol Bolas or whatever. But this is Rona's last stand for a green and a green. Create a five four snake creature token. Your lands don't untap during your next untap. Now, oh yeah, w- weren't you arguing with somebody on Facebook about this card? Yeah, and I do you ever notice that uh, late at night I get drunk and I go into your your uh, Facebook groups and I, I wave my dick around. Yeah, yeah. we've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I go I go into like higher standards. And some guys like argue with me, and I was just like, "All right, well, listen to my podcast. Uh, Jason Ross was on it. He started this show, and then people just shut the fuck up. I'm like, this is my dick, bitch." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so create a five-four snake creature token for two mana, but you, your lands don't untap. Now, essentially, you kind of have Garbage. to think of this like echo costs of two green, essentially, because your mana is locked down for next turn. So you don't have access to two mana again. So a four mana, five, four, but you get it out potentially earlier. Is that good? I don't hate it. Uh, this is this is a modern card for some of those uh, decks that can just shit out a ton of land early and then drop that thing out there. But I, I do not like the lands don't untap thing. I mean, you, you almost have to run something that's going to untap those lands to make this playable. What's the one that 
you make a copy of any token that was just out in the Modern Masters deal? White. Wait, it was in Modern Masters? Are you talking about the card that's like just proliferate? It's like one white mana for a sorcery and it's proliferate. Yeah, proliferate, the, yeah. The, that ability. What if this there was like a proliferate deck and this is like a two mana 5-4 essentially and then you make copies of that token? I mean, this is fine and all, but what does a 5-4 really do if it doesn't have trample or flying Haste. or something? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not I'm not huge on this card. I think that it's okay. Like, it might even see some standard play, but I don't know about modern, man. I think, I think it's going to be better than people think because it's like you're going to draw it late or have a couple of these in your hand, and then you're just going to have like six man out, and you're just going to be like, boom. That doesn't untap. I'm like playing five fours, and I can now trade with their Tarmogoy for whatever. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's got the ability to do something good and maybe a tempo style aggro deck, but it's it's too too early to call for me. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's good on defense, you know, but I I kind of really hate magic cards that want to be played defensively. Yeah, I, I know Sid loves these episodes where we just walk through spoilers, but I want to interrupt this with one other thing from that announcement week that we didn't talk about. <laughs> Did you guys notice that they are they're shit canning the duels of the planeswalker game? They're not doing any more updates. They're not supporting that anymore. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and I'm actually happy about that because honestly, those games were shit. If you're an experienced Magic player, those games were fucking garbage. And I don't think that those did a very good job of recruiting new players. Actually, so they were really just... that. Re- that's what recruited me. I like. What? Yeah, I like downloaded it for free and. Uh, I was teaching my my stepson how to play magic or whatever and I just I, I downloaded the game and then I like started playing and I was like there's an elf deck on here this is fucking sweet and then I was up to like three in the morning playing that shit and then I, I went with buddy and we bought boxes of it like the next day I was like we're getting into magic motherfucker when was this um it was right before Theros right around Theros so I think it was a uh, duels 2011 so Oh, see, those were pretty good, man. Like, before it, before Magic Origins came out, those games were actually pretty sweet. Especially, like, there was something cool about, like, playing Magic on the iPad. And at the time, I was, like, super entrenched in Magic, but I didn't really have the money to play both Paper Magic and MTGO. So um, I was doing the card shop thing, you know, because I had homies at the card shop, like John Holland. And, you know, I wanted to see these people, you know, I was actually interested in going and hanging out at this place. Um, so, you know, when I'm at home and I just wanted to play Magic, I just fired up Duels of the Planeswalkers to kind of give me my Magic fix. It was pretty cool, you know, you couldn't, like, I didn't pay to unlock any of the cards. I just unlocked them the good old-fashioned way by just playing. And uh, I... I had fun with them. I think it's kind of sad that they're getting rid of this video game, actually, because that might be something I'd be inclined to uh, actually get for my PlayStation or something like that. I don't know. It's just the pace of that game, of that version of the game is just so slow for me. For a guy who did play Magic Online for the longest time, um, yeah, I just I couldn't take it. It was it was the pace was too slow. It was just yeah. Fair. Well, see, with the earlier versions of it, you could they had set decks, and you can unlock all the cards for those decks, and then that was it, essentially. But then once they made it, we're like, oh, now you can customize any deck you want. You can basically build a deck. Then it's like, you're not really building, like, the best version of a deck, or you'll have to, like, look it up or whatever. But I think, like, having, you're like, all right, elves versus goblins, and this is just, like, an archetype. And it's like, the, they built strong decks, and it was fun. 
But then after a while, you're just playing against random bullshit, and you couldn't really like set your deck against anything, you know. Well, the the one thing I liked about these games, and uh, that I kept going back to, was little challenges they would have, where you'd uh, they'd you know preset a board state, and then you'd have to. Uh, Oh, you know, like deal so much damage or find a way to survive until the next turn or something like that. Now, those, I think, make you a better magic player because it's helping you encounter something and help you think about decks that maybe you wouldn't run normally and kind of help you understand how the game works a little bit more. And I wish that would pop up somewhere again. I totally agree. Oh, yeah. Puzzle mode. That was dope. Yeah, there was like the one where you had to defeat all five Praetors in one turn. Do you remember that one? That was fucking Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they said they're replacing it with something new that they don't want to announce yet. So we'll see what that ends up being. Well, speaking of things that are announced, the one thing I am the most excited about out of this entire freaking announcement week, which was actually more like half of we're going to make up for the bullshit of the past couple of years week, mm-hmm. was the new Goblins versus Merfolk deck. Holy shit. You know, you want to talk about Value City if they actually do this right. I mean, just with the Merfolk alone, you're probably going to get your 20 bucks out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it might drive down prices of some of those lords, but they're like all 10 bucks a piece, roughly, and they need to come down a little bit. Yeah, they've yeah. got to have at least one lord in there. At least one. I would be shocked if Lord and of Atlantis is there. each deck needs a Mutavolt. They need to put a Mutavolt in each yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. A, good, what good else luck can they that. do to make us yeah. happy? Yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that works out. Cavern of Souls in both. Yeah, <laughs> Cavern of Souls in both decks and Mutavolt in both decks. <laughs> I would imagine that there's probably going to be some decent legacy goblins in there because, you know, they're not exactly that expensive, but some of them are getting a little bit harder to find. So this could be a really, really decent set. I mean, that's where my money is. You never mentioned unsets, John. I think I thought you'd be all over that. I mean, there were. Unsets are returning. Oh, God. Come on, man. Nobody's talking about that shit. In case you didn't know, I'm married to a woman, but, like... (laughs) I think this is going to be highly drafted, but it's going to be stupid as fuck. People are going to really be like, oh, this is stupid. I have to rip up my card now? Or, like, this guy is, like, 3,000 hit points? You know, like, what the fuck? Have have you ever drafted an unset before? No. Okay, so I'm going to tell you my my unset story. So there's a card in unhinged called cheaty face, right? And, uh, it's two blue for a two, two flying creature of free. And it says you may sneak cheaty face into play at any time without paying for it. But if an opponent catches you right away, that player may remove cheaty face from the game. (laughs) So, um, here's the thing. People just want to decide that there are rules for cheaty face. Like, I don't care that you just took a mulligan and the game hasn't officially started yet. I snuck cheaty face into play and you didn't see it. And like, we literally got, uh, it was like this girl that, God, I forget her name, but I probably shouldn't name her anyways. But she hung out with this group called the Super Casuals. And they were like all about playing with like silly magic cards all the time. They'd build these like silly decks and they'd play like, uh, games of commander with like crazy rules and they do zombie apocalypse and they were like fun to play with and stuff but oh, none God, of them Sid, were Sid, Sid, stop for a second did they actually refer to themselves as the super casuals was Dude, this a name there that gave is themselves? a picture of them on the official magic website for gp san antonio where they're wearing their matching super cash bowling shirts jesus christ <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying they were cool or anything, but anyway, so... <laughs> they, they should change their names to the Unfuckables. Uh, that's a whole different story, Jason. That's a whole different story. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they were all fucking each other, like, looking back, you know, there, there's probably some... I don't, I don't want to call it Hand incest, stuff. but it, they might have been related. I don't know. <laughs> but, um... No, nah, man, so I was playing this girl, and I snuck in Cheaty Face while she was taking a mulligan, and all of a sudden, they knew, like, all the rules for Cheaty Face, and, like, the entire super casual gang, like, flanked the table, and they're like, you can't play Cheaty Face like that. Like, the game hasn't even started yet, and I was like, it says that you can sneak them into play anytime. Like, it's not very specific. About- yeah. <laughs> oh, so we're making rules for Cheaty Face now. And then... Cheaty Face also nearly caused a fight with our uh, good friend and Patreon subscriber, Peo, and uh, this other, like, really big dude. I forget what his name was, too, but they were both, like, you know, you see Peo, he's, like, a massive guy, and this other guy was, like, just the exact same size as Peo, and they were getting really fucking intense and really, like, genuinely upset over this card, Cheaty Face. And, yeah, like, you got to... You gotta be careful who you draft unsets with because that shit could break down into violence if you don't do it with the right people, man. God, they're gonna print like f- cool lands in there, but I mean, I think full art lands are kind of overdone now. I don't think it's gonna. I don't know. I'm just not sold on it. Well, just two comments about it, and then I don't want to talk about this bullshit anymore. But number one, I think it's gonna be interesting. Because the rules have tightened up a lot since the last unset, like just even the phrase removed from the game and everything. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to be able to get away with shit like that since some of those loopholes have been, uh, you know, actually removed. And the number two thing is freaking unglued and unhinged foils are goddamn expensive so people are going to buy boxes of this shit just for the foils and the lands and whatever else and they'll declare it a success. I agree. And the thing is, maybe conspiracy was their attempt to kind of try to do something outside the, the actual game. Cards actually did stuff outside the game. And now, it, since that, I guess, was a success, they're like, well, we'll just go back to an unset, maybe. Did they give any kind of indication as what kind of print run this is going to have? No, but it's called Unstable. And when I read it, I thought they were just talking about their development team. But I was like, oh, it's the name <laughs> of the set. Oh, I see what you did there. Savage. Honestly, man, if you wanted to play with like joke magic cards and have a good time, I'd recommend Booze Cube over Unsets. Um, shout out to the Booze Cube. Um, that guy made a set of magic cards. And, you know, given that you need to be a drinker in order to properly play it, but, um, dude, they're so funny. And the gameplay and the mechanics are actually solid, dude. Like, there are some cards in the booze cube that are totally broken, but I feel like it's a much more friendly, like it's much more friendly thing to do than to go to the card shop and try to play these unsets with some of these, uh, what do you call them? John's ass, Asperger's special people here. <laughs> because <Lords. laughs> They're going to like people. If you go to a shop and like draft, and unset people are going to take it way too fucking seriously man and i don't think it's going to be fun at all because Shit, like some of these people even run these people take it way too seriously 
Yeah, I know. That's what I hated about conspiracy. Because, like, if you didn't have fucking seven friends that you knew were reasonable human beings, you'd always get that one guy that's just being way too competitive at the conspiracy table. And it just kind of sucked, dude. I, I I liked conspiracy a little bit. All, all the people around here are pretty friendly. So, you know, whatever. It's just I hate when it's like you play two hours and, like, you don't win against four people, right? So competitive. My my favorite conspiracy draft story, real quick, is uh, you know how you draft some of them and you've got to, like, name the card that interacts with it or whatever? Well, most people, they just take a little pencil or something and just kind of scribble the name on the card so that you remember. And that way everybody can see you scribbling on it and nobody can, you know, bitch about it. There is this one guy and he lost his fucking shit because somebody was drawing on an uncommon conspiracy card, you know, that has a value of absolutely nothing, can't be played anywhere else. There's five million of them sitting in the bad box and he was just losing his shit that somebody would deface a card out of a conspiracy set. Yeah, some people are collectors are tight like that. I'm going to report your ass to DCI, John Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, card I want to talk about, uh, Solemnit, uh, Solemnity, uh, Solemnity, 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 Solemnalikum. Words are hard. Words are tough. So two and a white for an enchantment. Players can't get counters. Uh, counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. So this one card is a hate card for both my infect deck and affinity deck i i'm not liking this honestly i don't think you have much to worry about as far as infect goes because aren't Zero they trying to fucking impact. yeah aren't they trying to kill the people by turn three anyway so yeah but i mean a lot of times they'll kill your guy with like a path and then you have to like kill him in five six or seven you know later turns when you can go all in but this it's like it's like a stony silence for infect i don't know i think you if you're Playing against white, you just board in the fucking the green card that yeah. Uh, yeah that just destroys an enchantment and gives them four life or whatever, and yeah. uh, you call it good. Number one, I've said this on Facebook a million times, but I'll say it with my own voice now, so nobody can accuse me of being a coward or some shit. If you are sticking around until turn three and worried about a sorcery speed enchantment fucking up your infect or affinity deck, you are a terrible affinity or infect player. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just another th- it's just another threat to sit out there and fuck over my shit. You know, it's like an, it's another stony science. Someone could have eight of those effects essentially in their deck and just be like, okay. Uh, it really hurts uh, affinity because I can't shift any of my counters around. Um, I don't know. Well, you can't shift them around so long as that's on the board. First off, nobody's going to main board this card. I mean, that's just yeah. freaking ridiculous. It's all hate you know, coming so on the sideboard. It, I mean, and and what? Somebody's going to have like four free, four of these in the sideboard, you know, and you're not going to automatically have some kind of enchantment or permanent removal or something that you already probably have in your sideboard. I just think it's kind of a non-issue. Yeah, I just I, I just hate them printing cards like that. It's just it's flexible. So instead of Stony Silence, they'll probably run this because it, it hurts two different decks. It, I mean, honestly, if this was two mana, if this was one and a white then we could actually have this conversation, but I, I think at three, it's it's pointless. How can you abuse this? What about the, the land that, that you put counters on it when the counter's removed? Dark Depths. Doesn't this combo with that? So it comes it in Dark Depths. But it's banned in Modern, right? No, I'm saying for older formats, you play this, and then you play that land, and it can't put counters on it. 
Yeah, but there's better ways to do that in Legacy. Yeah, this this is yeah, this does not want to be in Legacy at all. Three mana dark devs. All right. What about the uh, hate cards? That I think they're pretty narrow, but they're really cheap removal essentially for against specific colors. So like the red one for one red, it does five damage to a red creature or red planeswalker. So I mean, you have to be in that color sideboarding for against that for the same color. I think they're clever. I mean, I think they could get some good use, but I'm not going to say it's an amazing card by any stretch. They did these back in Theros and yeah. uh, some of them are really good. Some of the Theros like I remember the black one is like destroy black creature. Uh, for one black mana and you of course mono black was fucking everywhere that was like the top deck and that card saw a lot of good play in sideboards yeah, um, the i think that the too, blue but... one is pretty dope counter target blue spell for one and a blue yeah the lily on the one you have to destroy a target black creature for one mana um and then and and it basically if it's a planeswalker if it's a you can destroy a planeswalker if it's a lily on a planeswalker uh they lose three life, but it's a one mana planeswalker or creature removal. If you're playing against like the zombie deck, it's a sorcery though, man. That's like to me, that's the I weakest one because it's a sorcery. Has, has an opportunity because you can destroy their land also for three mana. It says destroy target forest, green enchantment, or green planeswalker. If that planeswalker is a Nissa planeswalker, draw a card. But it's a so it's very rare that that last one will happen, but the first two are great. You could you could blow up a land in green, and green has planeswalker removal now. I mean, well, one thing I do problem. like about these cards is the flavor, man. Because Nickel Bullis is owning the fucking Gatewatch, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all like dying or getting fucked up. Yeah, uh, man. What? But you're gonna be so upset. When the rest of it's released and they all fucking triumph over him or something, it's just setting us up to be cock teased. Well, ultimately, I'm hoping this is leading back to a, a resolution of the Nicobolus Ugin conflict. You know, that's that's what I want to see. I don't give a fuck about the Gatewatch. Right. <laughs> I want to see Ugin come back. Way, just so we can be done with it and move on, goddammit. Well, they were saying in the new announcement that they weren't going to focus so much on the Gatewatch. That was like one of the problems. I think that yeah, people were like kind of getting sick of, yeah, they're getting sick of that shit. Um, I think that that's a but fucking great idea. I mean, <laughs> Morrow, you guys showed fucking a picture of Pirate Vraska riding a dinosaur and it broke the internet. Like, we like we like other planeswalkers, man. Well, Kaladesh was such back. a success, we had to bring car, back man. vehicles. <laughs> Morrow, so are, how are dinosaurs going to drive cars? Well, very carefully, because they've got tiny little dinosaur hands. That's why they need to be crewed with other people. <laughs> Morrow, I have a question. <laughs> it's, it's like the dinosaur wants the pedals, and there's a little gremlin up by the steering wheel. <laughs> Is it true that uh, they tried to make this an af affinity set because uh, uh, several years ago when Modern Masters 1 came out, they were like, oh, people like artifacts, but they tried to do it and they weakened it down, but like, who plays Convoke, right? I don't know what you're talking about. It's just that vehicles were so 
so good in Kaladesh, and it was the highest research set, and we were like, well, what would make vehicles fit? I know dinosaurs and pirates in a planeswalker nobody gave a shit about. (laughs) (laughs) Morrow, get the fuck off our show, man. I hate this guy, dude. He's such an idiot. Do we get that... (laughs) I fuck up standing again, <laughs> dude. There- so these masterpieces that they got coming out for this set, they've got a lot of fucking good shit in this. Yeah. Thotsies, yeah, Thotsies, yeah, Thotsies and Damnation were the two that I was looking at. I'm like, oh yeah, Blood Moon, mm. dude. This Threads of Disloyalty looks fucking awesome. Like, oh wow, this all is- the artists see insane. how people complain. I don't see how people complain about these. You're basically getting like a fucking super sweet card, but people yeah. still don't like them, man. That Thoughtseize looks so it's so crazy. It looks so fucking dope. Is is the demon yep. just like grabbing the dude? He's like, you're fucking done. And you know, this is our first reprint of Through the Breach since its original printing, too. Mm, good point. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Dude, this Avatar of Woe, like, don't get me wrong, I love the original RK Post artwork, but that shit's just creepy, man. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm super thrilled. I The thing is, I wish I got more of these. Like, the last one, I, I didn't open any of those. I didn't, I mean, I got I have a few of the land ones, but... Yeah, I got, like, one. Which one? Oh, let me see. I'm opening up my binder of semi-valuable things here. I got uh, Chain Lightning. Even Mind Sensor. Oh, Chain Lightning's pretty good, man. Chain oh, Lightning was stable, only printed once in Legends, and it's like a fucking like $20 card, so it's not It was bad. a common, too, back then, I think. Wasn't it a common back in yeah, uh, but, Legends? Like, I mean, of all the cards you could be excited about pulling out of a pack, it's like, oh, Chain Lightning. So what is that? You do three divided how you want? Nah, it's basically exactly the same as Lightning Bolt, except that your opponent can pay red to fire it back at you. And if they do, then you can pay red to fire it back at them. It's a pretty cool card, man. I mean, it's great for Legacy Burn. Like, great if you're going to play a Burn deck in Legacy, then you're going to play Chain Lightning. It's very powerful. Well, okay. While we're kind of talking about these newly spoiled cards, have you guys seen Torment of Hailfire? What does that one do again? Okay, I'll, I'll read it off for everybody playing along here. Two black and an X. Repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-line permanent or discards a card. Now let me go back for a second and say, repeat the following process X times ends with a period, not a colon. So my question is, and I think I know the answer, but uh, I know Jason's smarter than I am in just about every sense. So if you pay zero for X, this still fires once, correct? Mm, I don't think so. I know I repeat the following process X times. So, yeah, it sounds like you do the process once and then you repeat it for every X that you paid. Right. I mean, this so is. So, you could technically pay just two black for this to do it once. I get what you're I, saying, John. I mean, right. if, if that's the way we're interpreting it, yeah. Pay three, you get it twice. So, because it one? No, if you paid three, then you'd get it four times. No, I mean, no, X is one. So, it says repeat it one time. Yeah, X is one, you'd get it. 
twice if we're reading it correctly, but this thing is so funkily formatted, I'm not exactly yeah. sure, you know, how it stacks. Yeah, see, it, it's that whole repeat word, right? If it just said do the following process X times, then that would make a lot more sense. But it says repeat the following process. So, well, so that means for five mana, that means for five mana that you're doing nine damage if, if we're reading that correctly. <sighs> Yeah, well, that, that doesn't seem right, does it? Yeah, it doesn't, because I would think it would be a colon instead of a period, though. Right. You know, so, and also I'm wondering, like, you know, that that repeat the process X times is first, so is there a trigger on the stack for how many times to repeat it, and then it loops, or after it does the first time, does the second trigger come on? Honestly, I mean, it seems like it would be too good if you got the process once, even if you paid zero, so it's probably you just do it X times. Yeah, and I think... You're, you're going to be either like clearing their board of creatures, taking their hand, or doing a ton of damage to their face. But, I mean, late game, how crucial is that if they don't have any cards in their hand? I mean, I guess you're still clearing the board or hitting them for a ton of damage. This thing, I like it. If it works the way I think it works, I like it. If it doesn't, fuck you for shitty formatting. Yeah. And yeah, they definitely could have worded that better if it's just you do it X times as opposed to X plus one. Okay, let's talk about the card that's going to see the most play out of the set. Claim to Fame. One black, return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. And then the Fame side is a sorcery for one and one red. Uh, give target creature plus two, plus oh, and haste. So for three mana, you can pull your Tarmogoy for your Death Shadow out of the, the deal, even your, like, your uh, Snapcaster Mage. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is really good. I don't know if it's if I'm just crazy or what, but I'm looking at this card. I'm like, this seems pretty fucking nice. I think Death Shadow is already gotten so many bonuses. And LSV just put out a video saying that uh, the Grixis Death Shadow is going to be insane with Snapcaster because you can bring him back to the battlefield, get the ability. You could even snap this back out of the graveyard. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And just fucking go off, you know? Seems really sweet, man. I don't know how much standard play this will see, but yeah, you bring up a really good point with fucking Snapcaster. This is a really good card, man. Yeah, even at sorcery speed, for one black, I mean, I I don't really see a whole lot of downside. Because it goes to the battlefield. It's just so fucking good. I mean, even in the zombies deck, you play this with a little bit of red splash, and you're like bringing back your zombie, giving them haste, and crushing four or whatever. You're like, fuck it. Yeah, well, the only thing I can really think of is that maybe this card and Snapcaster aren't as good together just because this card kind of wants you to build a deck with a lot of creatures while Snapcaster wants you to build a deck with, like, no creatures. Well, LSV was saying that the the, the Grixis one runs uh, the Gurmag Angler and, and Tassiger or whatever so um you, you can only basically use this with half the creatures in that deck but he thinks it's going to be a, a super powerhouse and uh he's he's saying that death shadow should be banned and that's something i when i this card was spoiled i right away i was like i think Death shadow's getting banned um especially because they printed that enchantment that kind of hurts some of the other better decks and then they give them this you know what i mean the, the only thing I can argue against that is that, you know, when you actually look at the numbers when you play against it, Death Shadow really doesn't play out 
too much, you know? Like, it seems really powerful, but you usually find a way around it or to deal with it. So, you know, unless there's some kind of gigantic explosion of this and it's just unstoppable, uh, there's a lot of answers out there to deal with this, though. The reason Death uh, Death Shadows does so well is because it runs eight discard effects, uh, disruption effects in the main deck, like four Inquisition and four Thoughtseize. And so they're disrupting on turns one, two, and three, essentially, and then they're dropping their threats for one mana along the way. So they have these powerful threats, and they're disrupting you. Um, so whatever you bring in out of sideboard, a lot of times they get it. They're like, no, and you're just fucked anyway. I mean, it's, it's terrible playing against that shit sometimes against somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, yeah, if you don't have any answers to deal with the graveyard, then it's, you know, it's horrible, you're smoked, but I, I just feel like there's a lot of answers out there for it. Leyline. Just run four Leylines. Leyline, rest in peace, uh, Bajuka Bog, um, Relic of, uh, what's tits, you know, there's, there's ways you can deal with it. White Leyline's probably better because you can't be targeted by their, uh, their fucking discard shit. I agree. White is better. Wait, what? <laughs> the black one's pretty. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Jason Roskin, white is better. <laughs> All right. So speaking of some answers, here's something that freaking Sex Panther was clamoring for way back on Magic and Hash episode six. Uh, scavenger ground. This is a land. It's a desert. You can tap it to add a colorless to your mana pool, or you can pay two tap and sacrifice a desert. Not necessarily this one, you know, just any old desert you got laying around to exile all cards from all graveyards. Wasn't this something that Standard needed maybe like eight months Did ago? You delirium. <laughs> yeah, a, a year. Yeah, a year ago, this would have been great. Well, there's also like a new man land. He's a hostile desert. He's kind of a man land. So for two, and then you exile a land card out of your graveyard, and he becomes a 3-4 elemental creature until end of turn, and he's still a land. Um, and now a lot of the deserts that you play, you sacrifice them, so he plays well with, with the other deserts. You can eat them after you sack the other shit. Seems um, great. I love him. Well, okay. Come on, though. I mean, this is not a backwards-looking card. This is a future-looking card, because what plane do we know has a whole shit-ton of deserts that we're going back to? Dominaria. Dominaria. And uh, do you think... Ding, 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 ding. Do you think this has any modern play because of all the fetch lands? I mean, this thing swings in. No, there's better man lands in modern. Totally. Yeah, it doesn't have for any color. It's just kind of a piece of shit. Uh, there's also a guy, uh, he is a 2-3 for 3 mana, he's a Naga Cleric, that's Sid's Naga, uh, he can, you can play land cards from your graveyard. What do you think about this guy? That shit's broken, dude, cause that's like, it's basically like having another copy of, um, what is it called? The Crucible of Worlds. Crucible of Worlds, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, like, decks that are already playing Crucible of Worlds are going to want to pick this guy up. You can just keep fetching with the same fetch land. You keep cycling uh, Ghost Quarter. I think that guy's fucking sweet. Wasteland. Just keep doing Wasteland. I think that guy's sweet as fuck. 
All right, so there's another mana dork. He's pretty expensive, but you tap and add a mana of any color you want to your mana pool for four. He's a two four, he's four mana. Uh, and then uh, he doesn't, that ability doesn't cost four, you tap him into that. And then you can tap and exert him, and then you add two mana of any color. But he doesn't attack when he exerts, so he could you could exert him without sending him across to get two mana out of him, but he just doesn't untap next turn. That's kind of cool. No, this guy is fucking awful. Horrible. Well, limited. <laughs> Even in limited, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's well, cube. Well, uh, roll a blood. This is the, the little filter you rip corner off this, I guess. Right. I don't know. I think it was a cool idea with exert that they're doing it a different way. If he had haste, maybe, but he doesn't have haste, so he's fucking garbage. Well, this one, the uncommon one, does pretty much something similar. Hope tender, one and one green for a 2-2, two, two, and you can one and tap, untap target land, and then you go one and one tap exertum, you can untap two target lands. Now, uh, this is guy's good with Nick, though, so he's another, like, he'd be good for EDH, I guess. He's another one of those uh, flute, flute elves that untap your lands. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, cre- yeah, creatures that that untap lands tend to be, you know, people tend to find ways to break these. But I don't know. You have to tap mana in addition to him to to do it. So, I... what's the best land you could untap in standard? Ugh. The one that taps for five colors or whatever, but you have to put five mana into it. Swamp. I don't know. <laughs> I guess make another zombie. Island. All right, Sid. What time is it? Uh, it's time to wrap it up. Where can we find you? Hey, homies, follow me on Twitter, at the TheSimMeister. And, of course, you know, Patreon's growing every day. People are getting max value for their magic and hash buck. Uh, you know, I can't tell you exactly what we're going to give you, but just know that it'll, we'll make it worth your time. I just can't discuss it over, uh, you know, public radio. So, yeah, hit us up, uh, patreon.com forward slash magic and hash give us some nuggets and uh we'll do stuff we'll we'll make you feel good <laughs> i i will uh yeah i will give out hand jobs to anybody who donates 50 dollars a month or more nice damn that's pretty cheap how many hand jobs a month are we talking here for 50 bucks man oh just one just one yeah because it's that good is satisfaction guaranteed uh, that depends <laughs> on the person I love it. I, I will rub one out before it happens, so you really have to work for it. Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter, at Darth Roscom. In fact, please follow me on Twitter. Since I created this new Twitter handle, I've got like five followers. I, I feel pretty inadequate right now. And then you can always find me on the All Things Star Wars podcast. Check us out on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Otherwise, I'm in the Magic and Hash Facebook group. All right, John. Jason, you freaking idiot. Of course nobody's going to follow someone named Darth Roskam. Everybody knows that you either have to slay your master or you get slain by your master. So I don't think Twitter and the Sith are very compatible. See, we don't tell people that until they join the club, though. So, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're dissuaded by the dark side. It's, or you're raised into it, like most people. <laughs> raised into Okay, yeah, you can find me on the Magic and Hash Facebook page, and since I just got back from Costa Rica, good luck to all the suckers who are looking for me down there. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out.
every letter is love and every word's an oasis Trying to reach new heights like a bird in a spaceship And you're damn right, we've been working the late shift Trying to see how far on planet Earth we can take it This is poetry in motion, the mystery of why Every motor is in motion and it's visually divine On a roll like Timmy and they're stuck in bad traffic So when I rock at the bottom looks like fucking hand palace So fucking fantastic, a Viking with the rhyme That lightning in the sky mixed with Tyson in his prime I tell it how it is and they got nothing to say I tell the haters I love them just to fuck with their brain Duck, I'm insane My flow's like a swordfish This is 100% straight up uncut raw shit I can't be bamboozled, that's faker than a dollar sign Beat me in their dreams and they wake up and apologize Non-believers trying to piss in my boots Don't they know they'll have to fly just to fit in my shoes Got the world in my palm and my feet on the dash So let them bitch and wish I wasn't the reason they rap shit I'm trying to write a song with insight So look past the mask, there's diamonds on the inside We're unplugged and blessing you with magic Our drift is in the air, but the question is can you catch it? Kinda comic how a kid from D.C. would marvel at his superheroes Draining his Walkman battery juice to zero A teen with a dream And since the whole start I've been like Quentin plotting from the video archive So I direct my film like Jack Sparrow's compass Cut six, shooting like a black barrel gunship Just like when the rain and thunder hits the planet Dreamt once in the clouds, now the mothership has landed Goddamn it's spectacular Lock it up and load with that flip of the tongue and hit of the drum Rock and fucking roll, yeah I spark an idea ignited from my balls Added to the 99 bottles of lightning on my wall In a boat of hope on an ocean where the sharks live Spitting fireflies to paint my poems in the darkness Connectivity is in my stare Shit, electricity is in the air So throw your islands in the sky if you feel the vibe Hip-hop is still alive every time we fly And when I find a line like a rope I can use it To lift me out the sea of disposable music Which can't touch my soul cause that dog shit smells I wanna be taken away like a cosmic spell So no need to show me the money of bond that sells Cause this song gives me the quan just like Rod did well and so just, just let me enjoy this for a minute And it is love that can set you free Watching the sun setting on the sea And it can lift me above the highest mountain peak And now I see life from my balcony Son, no, son, no.